Hello, everyone. I hope and pray all is well with you and yours. My name is Dr. Manette, and welcome back to my podcast, Sow in Peace. The purpose of this podcast is to help and encourage believers to properly sow in peace in their homes, marriages, friendships, workplace, and especially in the body of Christ. Sowing in peace simply means to reflect God's character in all that we say and do. And before I get started, I just want to say thank you to all of God's listeners. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to listen to this podcast. I pray to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that he richly blesses you through his word. And I pray that he encourages you today. Today's topic is called Dependence on God. And the passage that I'll be reading from is James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. And I will actually be reading from the Amplified version. So if you want to follow me as you as usual, you all know the deal. Go ahead and grab your Bible. So starting at verse 13, it says, Come now and pay attention to this. You who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and carry on our business and make a profit. Yet you do not know the least thing. But what may happen um, about what may happen in your life tomorrow? What is secure in your life? You're merely a vapor, like a puff of smoke or a wisp of steam from a cooking pot that is visible for a little while and then vanishes into thin air. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and we will do this or that. But as it is, you boast vainly in your pretension and arrogance and all such boasting is evil. So any person who knows what is right to do, but does not do it to him, it is sin. Now the point of this passage is to simply illustrate how believers should depend on God and refrain from boasting about tomorrow. And when I looked at the word depend, um, it's, it simply means to hang on, to rest on, be subject to, or be controlled by. And um, when putting this definition into biblical perspective, this is um, actually an excellent way to show us as believers how we should be depending on God. And we ought to be holding fast to God and relying and trusting in God. And we should be clinging to God like a child who clings to their mother or father. But when we begin to boast about tomorrow, we're actually doing the opposite. We're not depending on God, but we're actually predicting and awaiting plans with our own with our own self-assurance. Uh, we are forecasting our future successes and our goals and accomplishments, achievements. And we're basically saying, yeah, you know, I'm going to do this and and I'm going to do this tomorrow. And, and, and we have this self-assurance that it will actually happen. But the Bible tells us don't do that. Don't 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 live like that. Um, if we if we look at the book of um, Luke in chapter 12, um, Jesus is uh, speaking to the disciples and he's telling them about this parable about the rich fool. And um, if you follow me to verse 15, I'll go ahead and read it. And it says, and he, meaning Jesus, said unto them, Jesus told the disciples, he says, take heed and beware of covetousness, for man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, Hmm, what shall I do? What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. Aha, I'll pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. That means to continuously celebrate in life. Uh, but God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? 
In other words, God is saying, I loaned you my soul and I want my soul back. And then the scriptures go on to say, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And he said unto the disciples, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What shall ye eat? Um, neither for the boot, neither, neither for the body, and what shall ye um, put on? In this passage, Jesus um, is not telling us not to work, not to have plans, and don't take care of ourselves and our family. The Bible specifically tells us that if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for the members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And that's in 1 Timothy 5.8. And um, furthermore, if you go over to the book of Proverbs in chapter 21, verse 5, the Bible also tells us that the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. So what um, <clears throat> Jesus is all, all, um, actually talking about in that parable, he's basically telling the disciples that it is just dangerous to make earthly gain and riches the desire or appeal of our lives, where we're um, walking around yearning for more and more but never ever becoming rich towards God. In other words, Jesus is saying it's a fool. A person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. In other words, let's not go around toiling, working hard, striving for wealth, and we have no discernment when to stop. We forget who the Lord is, who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our creator, the one that gives us life, the one who puts the breath of life in our nostrils. And he's the one who gives us the power to get up and go to work every day, to go obtain wealth, to, to acquire it. The Bible says don't do that, but instead he's saying number your days and get wisdom. And he's saying learn how to find a balance in life. Learn how to acquire wealth and wisdom and serve God with that wealth and use that wealth to enhance the kingdom of God. And we go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verses five through nine. It says, thus says the Lord, curses the man who trusts in man and makes flesh a strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He's like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. In other words, the Bible is telling us if we trust in ourselves or our job or any human or earthly resources, we will not see prosperity. I believe the Bible is talking about spiritual prosperity. We might see physical prosperity for a little bit, and of course that will end. You can't take it with you, but we'll miss the mark for spiritual prosperity. It will not come to pass. Matter of fact, uh, trusting in anything else other than God will put us on a road to uh, disappointment. We'll feel defeated all the time, frustrated, living with anxiety and worries and having doubts and concerns. We'll be like the foolish person in Matthew 7 who built their house on the sand. And when trouble comes, uh, we'll fall and we won't be able to stand. You know, we'll, we'll fall and not only will we fall, but great will be our fall. But on the contrary, the Bible tells us, he says, the Bible says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. It said, it will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. And, and we won't fear when the heat comes. That, that means when trouble comes. But we, we won't be anxious in the year of drought. But we'll cease, we won't cease to bear fruit. Well, that means we'll continue to bear fruit. We'll continue to trust in the Lord. And we'll just press on. Uh, if you read in the book of Acts, chapter 14, verses 22, um, the Bible's talking about those who were in faith uh, and they had to be strengthened in their souls and encouraged to continue in the faith. And there was a statement made in that verse and it says, we must endure many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Listen, 
I'm going to tell you one of the clearest signs and most dangerous signs of a lukewarm believer is peace and safety on earth. And, uh, and, and, and when everything seems to be going well all the time, um, those who truly is devoted to God, those who are truly devoted to Christ will suffer much tribulation in this world before going home to be with the Lord. Matthew 6, 24 tells us that no one can serve two masters for he will um, hate the one and love the other or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. God tells us right here, we can't serve God money at the same time. And sometimes it's not always money, but sometimes when we're not fully devoted to Christ, we're devoted to something else. Uh, maybe it's someone else or it's our kids or it's our job or school, but whatever it is, the Bible says we can't do both. We can't serve God in, in money or, or God and someone else at the same time. Whatever's on the throne of the heart, get it off your heart and put Jesus Christ at the throne of your heart. Okay, Matthew 6, 19 through 21, the Bible also tells us, do not lay up for ourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where our treasure is, there our, our heart will be also. In other words, the Bible is saying, be radical in living for Christ. Go out, feed the needy, feed the orphans or the fatherless, uh, feed God's widows. The Bible said that's God's holy habitation. Be radical. First Timothy uh, 6.10, the Bible tells us, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Bible is telling us uh, loving money can cause us to mess up on our faith journey. Um, it'll make us walk in vain, worrying about tomorrow, boasting about tomorrow will make us uh, become useless and pointless, hopeless in our faith. Uh, we'll become ineffective in, um, in our faith towards God. Okay. So I want to give you six practical, practical ways to sow in peace and depend on God. And number one, be satisfied. Hebrews 13, five through six says, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say that the Lord is our helper and we will not fear. And what can man do to us? Number two, be content, be at ease. Second Corinthians 12, 10, the Bible says for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults. Listen to this. He says, I'm content with hardships persecutions and calamities for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. In other words, be okay when there's a lack of money. Don't be afraid. Be okay when distress comes, when drought comes, when you're afflicted with poverty. Be okay with that. Learn to be content. Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says, I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in, in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. In other words, find the secret to be victorious in changing uh, circumstances. One of the greatest secrets um, to be victorious in, in when your circumstances changes is to have courage. Um, I know many times believers, we know what to do. Um, the Holy Spirit speak to us. You know, no man has to teach us that. But it's just having the courage to act it out, to having the courage to actually trust in God, uh, having the courage to know that um, God has given you whatever you need to overcome and be triumphant in whatever situation or season that you're in in this current moment. Um, that takes a lot of courage. Um, putting everything in God's hand is one of the greatest wins in life that we can have. 
And even though it's scary, it is the very time that we see God's miracles. It's the time that we see his wonders. And that's the time where we sit back and we marvel at what God is doing in our lives. Like, have you ever had something happen to you? And it's like, I don't even know how that happened. I didn't have the means. I didn't have the resource. I didn't know anyone. And God just did it. That's called a miracle in your life. God will send divine miracles um, to keep you close to him, to keep you believing in him. Matter of fact, his miracles become your testimonies and then your testimonies become someone else's encouragement. Okay. And then your encouragement is actually a seed um, that will be watered by somebody else and God will give the increase upon their life to continue on in the faith. So don't be afraid when hard times come. It's a testimony. Okay. In the hard time, there's a miracle. In the miracle, that's a testimony. Testimony, there's encouragement. Encouragement, that's somebody else strengthening to stay in the faith. Number three, be, be thankful. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Being thankful, everyone is not our duty but it is the will of God for our lives. Having a thankful spirit lights up the spirit in us and encourages us and gives us faith and allows us to keep going. Be thankful at all times. Number four, eat and drink from God's table daily. John 6, 55, 59 says, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. To feed on God's flesh and to drink God's blood, Jesus' blood, that means you are eating and drinking the word of God every day. You're sitting in his word. You're studying. Get a highlighter. Get a pen. Begin to underline. Write some little notes, okay? Don't, don't eat too much in one day, but eat enough to get satisfied and to get full. Don't have spiritual junk food either. Having little snacks on scriptures here and there. Don't do that. But get you um, a, a reading plan or, or read the you know Old Testament, New Testament at the same time. Read one um, chapter a day. Genesis 1, Matthew 1. Genesis 2, Matthew 2. Or start with the New Testament. I like to start in Matthew. People have different... Um, um, you know, opinions and some say start in John, but I like to start in Matthew and I start with chapter one and then I read a chapter a day and I keep going. That's enough to get uh, satisfied on God's word. That's enough to uh, allow him to stitch the word of God in your heart. That's enough for you to remember God's word in times of trouble. Um, and then the Bible says in John 15 says that if you abide in me, you reading God's word and staying in there and acting it out and having a prayer life and loving the Lord and loving his sheep, that's abiding in him. Okay. He said, and my words abiding you, that is his word sticking to you. He knows his faith. He knows you're faithful. If you stay there, if you, if you sit down somewhere, he will uh, make his words abide in you. And then the, the, the greatest thing with that, he says, and when you ask for whatever you desire, it shall be done for you. But that desire must be according to God's will. But if you ask whatever is according to God's will, it will come to pass. It will be done for you. Okay? That's how you depend on God. Number five, seek the kingdom of God. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, the word seek means to pursue. It means to hunt, take up, practice, follow, or engage. And if you're wondering what it means to pursue the kingdom of God, go back to Romans 14, 17. And it tells us first what the kingdom of God is not. And then it tells us what the kingdom of God is. But it says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. What does that mean? It's not meat or drink. That means it's not a location. It's not a place. It's not where somebody can say, hey, where, where's the kingdom of God? And you can say, look, it's over there. 
No, that's not the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God, the Bible says, is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And, and, and to pursue righteousness means right doing in all aspects of your life. It means that you're choosing to be a moral person, a person that is pure in heart, a person with an upright spirit, and a person who is continuously um, walking worthy unto the Lord. That means you're walking in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has come upon you. Uh, seeking peace means to uh, give every matter in your life to God, put it in his hands. You're not carrying the burden of trying to solve every issue. Not every issue you have the wisdom or the ability. You don't even have the physical uh, or spiritual energy to try to solve that problem yourself. But when you put it in God's hand and you leave it there and you don't worry about it, that's peace. The kingdom of God has come upon you and you're walking in it. If trouble comes and, and somebody is trying to cause a fight with you, the Bible says don't vindicate yourself. And you put it in God's hand, you pray for that person and you bless that person. The kingdom of God has come upon you and you're walking in the kingdom of God. Another thing is another way to seek peace is to be at peace with all men. Don't be confrontational. Don't harbor strife in your heart. The kingdom of God has come upon you. Okay, try to uh, seek that peace with everyone. Try to maintain it. Have pleasant conversation. If someone's trying to tempt you into going um, the wrong path in conversation or to doing something wrong, guard your heart. Step back. Remember what the word of God says and go a different way. Speak a different way and, and walk away if you have to. Okay, that means you're in the kingdom of God and it's come upon you. Join the Holy Ghost. Oh my goodness, this is wonderful. I love joining the Holy Ghost. It means to be happy knowing that Jesus Christ is love. He's peace and that he is sovereign. Our Lord is supreme. He's great. He's absolute and perfect. Meaning we don't have to rely on our own strength. We rely on Jesus Christ in every aspect of our lives. And this means we know that uh, our God will supply every need of ours according to his riches and glory in Jesus in Christ Jesus. That means when you're going through a hard time and, and you don't know what to do, you might, maybe it might not be the time for you to go out and get a job. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom or or maybe you have a job and, and you might need extra money and you have to get a second job or sometimes. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. It just depends. God shows up in different ways. Sometimes he goes, you know, he gives you a second job. Sometimes he says, you know what? No, rest and do the job that I've given you. It just depends on how he chooses to want to do it. But knowing that rather you have to work or not go to work or get a second job or not get a second job, just knowing that in God's wisdom that he will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory, that's having joy in the Holy Ghost, that's walking in the kingdom of God. Ephesians 3, 20, um, 21 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and amen. God can do far more than you can ever write down on your prayer list. You might go back, you know, and say, oh, you know, people say, oh, be specific in your prayers. Write down everything you need. Uh, let me tell you something. Sometimes I get specific, but sometimes I just pray. I don't even know what to say. The Bible says God even understands that, those groans and moans. He, he even understands that. He knows exactly what you need. And matter of fact, uh, he can bless you without actually having to come pray. Sometimes you just have something on your heart and you're just pondering. you like, I just need um 
who knows? I just need to get some gas. I just need a birthday gift for my son and daughter. I just need to do those things. And I tell you that God can bless you without you even having to go to your knees because you are his child. The Holy Spirit dwells in you and he is, um, he hears you. He hears your thoughts. He has every intention behind your heart and he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. The Bible says, for all the promises of God are yes in Christ. And so through him, our amen is spoken to the glory of God. I love that scripture. I love that scripture because every promise that God has, all the fullness of, of him dwells in Christ Jesus. And that's why it's important that we um, rely and depend on Christ Jesus every day of our lives. Because we can go back and say the scripture that you hear it all the time, but it's so true. I'll never leave you nor I'll forsake you. You know, here's another scripture. Um, I didn't put it down on this list, but David says, I've been young and I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous nor their uh, children begging for bread. I stand on that scripture all the time when I'm going through strong, um, not strong times, when I'm going through times of affliction, when we have lack and God has always come through. It might be in the 11th hour sometimes, but he's come through. Number six is our last one, and it's search for God's strength. Strength. Um, if you go to First Chronicles sixteen through eleven, um, chapter sixteen, verse eleven, it says, "Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually." That means don't do it for a little while and quit. Continuously go to Christ every day. And if you are tired, if you can't pray. Or every time you pray, when you finish cleaning the kitchen and getting the kids in bed or whatever it is, getting off work or school and you're just worn out and you know you need to pray and you want to lie down. One of the things that I do, I just get down on my knees or I'll go in my closet and I'll pray and I'll say, Lord, I'm so tired right now and I just need your strength and I need you to help me pray for my belly, Father. And I just I just ask you, Father, to just just um just help me pray. And, and the one thing I can do, I may not, can't ask for what I need, but I can say, thank you. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for my food and my shelter. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my job. Thank you for another opportunity to come say thank you. Thank you for being my father. Thank you for leading me to you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you that I ate today. Thank you for the opportunity to ask you for whatever it is that I need today. Thank you that your grace and mercies are new every day. Lord, thank you for the earth being yours and the fullness thereof and all of us that dwell in it. Thank you for being sovereign. You know, that right there is a wonderful holy sacrifice to the Lord. And God will be pleased with that kind of prayer. Um, I am going to end it here, but I just want to thank you once again for listening to my podcast. And um, I just want to pray that when we lie down tonight, that um, the Lord search our hearts and that he knows us. Um, and I also want to let you know that when we sit down and when we rise up, God knows us. He knows it. He discerns all of our thoughts from afar. He searches our paths. And when we're lying down and he's acquainted with all of our ways. And I want you to also know that even before word is on your tongue, the Lord knows it all together. I pray that the Lord teaches us to solely depend on him. Know that God will trust, um, um, know that God will supply all of our needs according to our riches and according to his riches and glory. So we will not have to worry about tomorrow. So we will not boast about tomorrow. 
but that we will number our days and that we will know that um, God, um, we will number our days and that we will know that God will come back for our soul one day. We'll have to give it back, but we won't be afraid because we depend on him. I pray that you'll depend on God all the days of your life. I pray this in Jesus' name. This is Dr. Manette with So in Peace. I just want to say that God loves you and I love you. And the next time we'll discuss patience in the Lord. God bless you and have a wonderful day.